When you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. We're counting down to the start of the season. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason Lacanfora. Of course, follow us. We love to interact with you guys and also make sure you're following this podcast. You can check us out on YouTube as well. It's in the pod or in the huddle, should I say pod on YouTube and make sure you subscribe for the season guys, because we've got so much content. So many things we'll be talking about as we lead up to the start of the season. Jason, we got to start with the rookie quarterbacks, man. They've all been named starters, Bryce Young, uh, Richardson for the Colts and obviously CJ Stroud for the Texans. I don't think this is a surprise, but these are the guys that are going to play, and I want to know what the expectations are for three rookies that are going to take over these teams. Well, I think as you kind of think about them, and they're going to be lumped in together, right, for obvious reasons because of um, their draft class and how quickly they came off the board um, and sort of how much banter there was uh, about them. It's funny to think Will Levis was kind of lumped in with them, right? (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) Uh, I I do think um, when you really kind of begin to, okay, put, start thinking about uh, what you think they can accomplish individually, their teams, um, you start thinking about wins, losses. You start thinking maybe a little bit about the fantasy football or the future side of this, you know, in terms of numbers and productivity. I really do think, as much as they are lumped in together, one of these things is not like the other. And and for me, that's Bryce Young because of the conference he's in, because of the division that he's in. Um, I, I just think you can make a case for the Carolina Panthers to be viable with, with to some degree, at, at least on the, on the shallow end, at least viable as a potential final wildcard team. Right. And at the top end, if things fall into place because of that division they're in, you can make the case, well, they're going to be alive in January in that division. Hell, they were last year, right? With with PJ Walker and an interim head coach. So I do think that's different. You know, like I, I, if there is a case to be made for the Colts of the Texans, like competing in the AFC for a wild card spot, I think you're a true believer, right? Like I, I don't think that's really grounded in reality. That would be extreme fandom, right? So what do I think those expectations will bring out in Bryce Young? I think it'll bring out the best in Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young will come out of the gates managing football games. Um, I need to see more about his pass protection. And that that really is probably going to go for all three of these guys. But I, I think it, he's got a head coach in Frank Reich who, who is uniquely qualified for this. Who's, he, he did it himself. He did it himself as a player. He's indoctrinated many quarterbacks over the years into the NFL, guys of different sizes, strengths, makeups physically and mentally. So, And then you throw Josh McCown in there. I think from week to week they're going to be able to incubate him really well. And the fact that it is an offensive-minded head coach and it's somebody who's done it before, right? He's He's been a part of winning operations as the head guy before. Puts, again, Young in a different category than these other two who are with rookie coaches um, being asked to do things that they have never done before. That doesn't mean they won't be good at it. Um, I think the fact that two of them are in the same division is pretty interesting. You know, and when Stroud and Richardson play, and what would otherwise 
guys have been unwatchable football games. You know what I mean? Like, right. who wanted to see Houston play Indianapolis last December, November? Hell, who really wanted to see it week one? It was a week one matchup. Um, it adds a little bit of, of sort of pizzazz there. Um, I wish we would have seen Richardson more in the preseason, Carl. I don't know about you, but like, and I'm not a guy who gets very fired up about how much anybody does a whole lot in the summer, but for him in particular with just how little he played at all, like how little football he's played since high school. I, I did find it a little odd that we didn't see more of him, you know, in, in pads and a helmet and a uniform uh, in the summer. To me, he's the ultimate wild card. You know, yeah. I, I I really – I liked what I saw of Stroud. Um, you know, the, the opening drive of this third preseason game, um, you, could, you could certainly see some growth in him. Um, I think he's the kind of kid who not that – not that it was ever really in doubt if you – covered football like them going back to davis mills would have been a real tough pill for a lot of people to swallow but i think stroud you know hearing it knowing it having pro having having it being proclaimed having it be official um probably emboldens him a little bit more uh i just don't know about houston's personnel on offense you know and so i i think you, you have to really factor that into any sort of projection like that's a team that's further ahead on defense. I think it's really about their winning formula being about um, D'Amico Ryan's and getting that defense to take another leap or two forward and the offense, you know, hopefully incremental growth um, versus what's being expected of that defense. Richardson is the total wild card. And I think Bryce Young comes in and looks the part. Um, I think he, helps them win football games sooner than the other two. Like Richardson will, I think, have moments of brilliance, but I think there's also going to be a very steep learning curve. And I think they're going to have to be really, like, calculated in how much they put on his plate. I think it'd be unfair to a lot of people to come in and 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 try to have him slinging the ball all over the place. Now, not having Jonathan Taylor, you know, at least as we record this podcast, complicates things. But... I think I think Young will have the best back of the football card. Um, I think he'll have uh, the most wins, and I think he'll be involved in games that have ramifications for other teams, playoff wise, far deeper into the season than the two kids in the AFC South will. I uh, I think Jason too. The interesting thing is these are all new. Head coaches, right? So you got Frank Reich, who obviously has head coaching experience, but you got Shane Steichen in in Indy, and then D'Amico Ryan's, and I also think that plays a role because the advantage to your point about Bryce is, I think Frank has a head start when it comes yep. to being a head coach. He's an offensive minded guy, you know. He, he's won a Super Bowl with the Eagles as the OC. He's got a head start, um, and, and I know that Shane Steichen was on that staff last year that went to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it with the Eagles. But the fact is, that's why I also give Bryce the advantage. I think he's got a head coach who's a little bit in front, right, of these other guys when you talk about where they come in in the pecking order. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I love the staff that Frank Reich's built. Um, you know, Frank Reich's just at a different point in his life. Like, 
He's been around longer. He now again, Steichen and and Ryan's for young teams, rebuilding teams might relate to players on a whole different level. Like they're going to have a whole lot yeah. more in common with them. They're they're going to be at similar points in their life in terms of life experiences, families, wives, all that stuff. <clears throat> but if I'm one of these three kids, I, I'd rather be with the, the sort of older head, who to your point has been through it all, seen it all, done it all. As a player, as a position coach, as a coordinator, and who's been through some ish as a head coach as well and come out the other side of it. And I think he has a perspective, even in how he built that staff, that you can't get unless you've lived through it. And, you know, there's a lot of guys, especially young coaches in this league, who have their buddies, right, who, you know, hey, if I get a job one day, you're bringing me with me. You know, I'm bringing you with me. If I get a job one day, I'm, you know, you're coming here. And so then it happens, right? And you've probably had those conversations with more guys than you actually have spots on your staff, right? <laughs> so it's navigating that, right? It's who 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 do I like the most as a person, but is he, that's my boy, but is he really the best man for this job? And then you're getting pressure from your agent, right? Because you're a young coach, they think you're malleable. And the, the agent's trying to get as many guys stacked on your, on your staff as possible. Because that makes his life a little easier, right? He doesn't define jobs for as many people. So, you know, is this guy the best guy for the job? Or is that somebody who I'm just kind of taking on because my agent's kind of like browbeated into me or said, hey, when you get this job, if you get this job, you know, you need to bring X, Y, and Z with you. Where I think Frank Rock writes beyond all that. You know, I think how bizarre everything went down in Indianapolis last year in the middle of the season. You know, I think he's at a point where it's like, look, I'm going to do what I think is right. And I'm, I'm done with the BS. I'm done, you know, with the nepotism and the cronyism and and all that. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to bring in and, and you can just look. He brought guys in from from all over. Um, guys, a lot of guys he hadn't weren't a part of his coaching network, weren't a part of his little incubator um, at the places he's been before. And I think that's what you need, because I think that's when you truly get checks and balances. That's when you get the kind of like behind the scenes back and forth that you really need. It's not a whole bunch of guys who came from the same place previously who already they all have the same answers to the questions, right? That they're they're all products of their own coaching family tree. And therefore, well, what did Andy Reid do when this happened? Well, that's what we're gonna do because we were all with Andy Reid, or you know, however it might play out from from organization to organization. So I think that'll be, I think that'll work well for Bryce Young because I think there'll be, you know, differing ideas. And ultimately, uh, I also think he's the most game ready mentally, physically across the board. Um, and, and we know, and this is taking nothing away from, you know, Ohio State or Florida or whatever, but, but we also know what Alabama, like Alabama's, the closest thing there is to a 33rd NFL team, right? I mean, Nick Saban runs that like an NFL team. And and we've seen, you know, now at the quarterback position, I mean, you and I don't know if to remember a time where it's like Alabama quarterbacks. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, not, not so much lately. They pretty much go in, right? And they're immediately, like even Mac Jones, like they come in, like they're not peeing down their leg. It's not too big for them. They understand professional environments. You know, they run an NFL system. It's not, we're not holding up signs, you know what I mean? And honking horns and, you know, 
jumping on top of school buses on the sidelines, you know what I mean, with hand signals. No, nah, it's it's being, you know, you worked with Bill O'Brien. Where's Bill O'Brien? He's back in the NFL running Mac Jones' right. offense, Alabama quarterback. So I just think there's some things inherent in that that you hit the ground running a little bit more because those kids, their Saturdays are a whole hell of a lot like NFL Sundays than a lot of kids' uh, college Saturdays. Yeah, and just last thing on this, guys. We're talking about Young, uh, Richardson, Stroud, the three guys that have been named the starters, the three rookies. Uh, Richardson's physical traits, he's got so much upside, right? But it's not about that in the NFL. We know that. We've seen guys who have the physicality and they're big and strong and throw the heck out of the football, but they don't survive or they don't last. And so he's got to develop with all the other things, and that's why Bryce has the head start and we both think that he's going to be the better quarterback, especially in year one. But where are they in year three, four, and five? And that is where Richardson and Stroud are really going to start to say, hey, yes. did we get the right guy? Because, guys, it doesn't take long to figure that out. And these organizations, you know this nowadays. Hell, well, Jason, you know, we, we just saw the Cardinals cut cut uh, Colt McCoy. Kyler Murray's on the pup list. It's an embarrassment to think they're going to start Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon. But the reality is they probably are looking for a quarterback next spring. And so it doesn't oh, yeah. take long, you know, um, to figure out whether you got the right guy. And that's what I think we're going to start to see in this year one with young Richardson and Stroud as we're talking about these three quarterbacks. Well, and, and look, I, I I think if you're asking me one of this trio, one guy who's, you know, every Sunday night you can airmail drop me in, however, from the cloud or whatever – every throw they made, right? Like like you could drop me in a highlight package of everything that kid did in practice in the game that week, like from the sky, I would I would subscribe to the Anthony Richardson one, right? I mean, I think he's going to be the most fun. There's going to be the most natural intrigue in that he's going to hit notes athletically that very few people who've ever played this game can hit. And I think he'll hit them with a little more regularity than, than maybe some others would tell you. Um, I just don't know how low the lows will be. And they might not be nearly as low as some of us are are calibrating, but with 13, you know, college appearances, it, it's hard not to think that there's there's going to be some knocks along the way. But, like, by the middle of next season, like, could he be someone who's not just along for the ride, but winning, like, flat-out winning games the way a Lamar Jackson won games in 2019, I don't know he's going to be unanimous MVP, right? That's That might be a little unfair for anybody to put that on them that young in their career. But, like, I, I think he has that kind of potential. Um, and I think he's got an interesting cast around him. You know, I think he's got guys who can catch the ball. Um, but where's Quentin Nelson really in his career? You know what I mean? Like, I, where, where, is that arrow still pointing up? Is he Is he in a little bit of decline? How good is that offensive line? Um, and at the time they drafted him, I think what would immediately would jump out to a lot of people is, wow, you know, him in the pistol with, with Jonathan Taylor, that could be really, really interesting. Well, are, are we going to are we going to see that ever? Or are right. we going to see it much? Or when are we going to see it? Yeah. Taylor, by the way, they're still waiting. Today's cut day in the NFL as we record this, guys. It's in the huddle. Carl Dukes along with Jason Lock on four. Baldy will join us on Thursdays. Uh, 
we're waiting to see what the Jonathan Taylor situation is going to be. I want to shift gears and talk about Trey Young. This trade to Dallas, Trey Jason, Lance. because uh, – or Trey, Trey Lance, excuse me, not Trey Young. Trey Young's a basketball player. <laughs> Trey Lance. Yeah. And it's a big – it's a big deal on so many levels because Trey Lance, we knew, was the odd man out in San Francisco, which we'll talk about what that means for the coaching staff and John Lynch and moving forward. But just this move for Dallas, the balls of Jerry Jones to say, hey, we're making this deal. And Jason, he didn't tell his quarterback he was making the move. He did not tell Dak Prescott, hey, we're trading for uh, Trey Lance, and I just wanted to let you know. Well, I mean – and I know, you know, Dak has said some things since then, and there's people, I guess, who are having conniptions over this. Look, if Dak Prescott is in any way threatened by this, then that's 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 an indictment on Dak. That's Dak Prescott indicting himself because, like, Trey, Trey if they had done this in, right after the draft or, or they had done it early in free agency, when you know, when the league year opened in March, like, then I'd say, all right, that kind of interests me because you've got six months now to see what this kid is. But, like, he's he's the scout team quarterback. Who the hell – like, and you got a coach who's on the hot seat, right? you got an owner who thinks he's winning the, world, the, the Super Bowl every year. you got a coach who knows he better win a playoff game or two or he's getting fired. Um, he's, he's made the change at offensive coordinator. Who's the new offensive coordinator? It's the head coach. So, like – those two are joined at the hip. It's the same guy. If one goes, the other definitely goes, right? You're not worried about getting Wally pipped by your coordinator anymore. Like, oh, they're going to fire me and promote Kellen Moore. No, Kellen Moore is in California now. Like, I am that guy. Uh, I'm not worried about developing the next quarterback to see if I can stay on the next staff. I'm gone. Like, I live and die, ride or die, with Dak Prescott in this offense every game. This offensive coordinator does not want to see Trey Lance. Like, there is no – unlock door B to save my ass. Like that doesn't exist in this scenario. So what is Dak Prescott worried about? Like if they go to Trey Lance, everybody's gone. Like it's the end, like something cataclysmic has happened and everybody's gone and it's over. they're in a, yep. they're right. And, and, and they're in the NFC. Like a lot's going to have to go wrong to reach a point where Jerry Jones thinks screw the 80,000 people who have tickets to this game, you know, screw what it means for the rest of the NFC while card race we're so wobegone that i'm going to start playing a kid who's you know thrown 400 passes since high school to start looking ahead to 2024 i just you know what i mean like it, it reminds me of ben roethlisberger when they drafted mason rudolph right and he threw a fit right it's like bro if he becomes like i know i know you're closer to the end than most people want to think and somewhere in your head you must know it too and it started showing on sundays pretty soon after that but like this cat they're not worried about this cat for another couple of years. So I, I don't, you know, like, no, there isn't enough time and hours in the day to be coaching up Trey Lance and doing extra stuff with Trey Lance and evaluating Trey Lance. Like he, he, it's just not happening. It's, it's, we're less than two weeks away from the regular season starting. And if they, again, if they have to play Trey Lance, they're screwed. So I, I, I think it's kind of a nothing burger. Like, is it long-term insurance? Yeah, is it in Jerry Jones's mind? I'm gonna I'm buying low on uh, a quarterback. Yeah, now whether that's true or not remains to be seen because you could say a four is nothing, and it's probably not. But I don't know anybody else who's given him a four. Like I, I just I thought this was more like a six. 
that could move up from there, you know? Um, but he was obviously a, a, a kid who was drafted really high by someone who's considered a quarterback guru. So I, it's some long-term clay to mold, but he needs a lot of molding still. And this whole thing is built to try to win right bleeping now with a guy they're paying 40 plus million dollars a year to do the job. I mean, not somebody who's on a rookie contract, right? Like making peanuts. And again, he was with Kyle Shanahan for three years or whatever, two, two plus years. And, and we still think he's a developmental guy, right? Like, would you call him anything other than a developmental guy? No. And, and, and the Dallas no. Cowboys are not a team that's worried about developing a quarterback in September. So I kind of think it's much to do about, about nothing. Like, to me, I, I find that trade far less interesting than what you alluded to a minute ago. The Cardinals cutting all their quarterbacks who might be able to help them win a game so we can so we can call them guys. Not only, yeah, terrible. Uh, like, not only are they not ready to play, like, we don't even know anything about them. Like, we're, you know, and, and, and if you think you're going to see a lot of Kyler Murray this year, you're out of your mind. I mean, this is so all about 2024 and, you know, keeping him in bubble wrap so that you can trade him or dump him. Just get out from under the contract. The last thing you need is future injury guarantees hanging over your head because he's going into an offseason, you know, needing some procedure. Like, yeah, I mean, that that is that is what it is. Uh, it's a total and complete tank job. Um, and I, I just wonder uh, if at some point – it leads to a more robust conversation about should the NFL adopt a lottery system as well, right? It's not just the NBA anymore, right? right. Like ML, MLB, you know, you can you can lose 120 games and still not be guaranteed. You know, like the Oakland A's this year aren't guaranteed the first overall pick. You know what I mean? Like, so I wonder if it, at some point the NFL considers that because um, you can't stop them from cutting Colt McCoy, you know what I mean? Like, you can't stop them from gutting their roster in real time. It's not like a trade where, you know, maybe the management council could weigh in and say, you know, for this reason or that reason, it's, um, you know, we're not going to not gonna allow it. But I, 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 I do think it, it is putting an exclamation point on a recent trend, which I, I don't have a huge problem with. I mean, these teams can run them themselves the way they want. But you're you're if you think this is about anything other than getting the first overall pick, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Colt McCoy's won games in this league. Uh oh, yeah. it's a travesty. And you know, he's 36, but he's got real NFL experience. Joshua Dobbs is not a high-level play quarterback in this league. Clayton Toon, again, fifth or sixth rounder out of Houston. It's just you're you're screaming to your fan base if they're paying attention, Cardinal fans. We're not going to do anything this year. You got uh, Kyler Murray on the pup list for at least four weeks, and you said it. Once he comes off, guys, how this works is he's got 21 days to practice, and then they have to make a decision to put him on the 53-man roster. If they don't, which they will not, he's done for the rest nope. of the season. So yeah. he will sit, and then they'll go through this quarterback thing, and they'll be like, oh, our quarterback was hurt, and we're trying to win as many games as we can. And meanwhile, they're losing. The over-under, Jason, for them this season is three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half wins. So four. Do the Cardinals win four games? I don't think so. No. no. 
No. And the fact that they wait till the preseason games are over, right? Because now it's like, you we don't do even anything. know what Josh Dobbs is. Like, we, yep. we'll find out when you guys do. Like, it, it you know, it'd be one thing. It could, like, they're not paying anybody anymore anyway, other than the quarterback. So it's not financial, right? I mean, D Hop's gone. JJ Watts going. I'm not talking cat funny money. I'm talking dudes who actually would have taken money out of Bidwell's pocket into the payroll, right? They 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 gutted that except for the quarterback and they were stuck with because it was an untradeable contract anyway. And he was hurt, significant injury. But yeah, I mean, you do it now because it's like you're really undermining yourself. It's like he's gonna have four practices and then he's he's their field general. And that's by design. I mean, Dobbs has been available. Like, if you wanted Dobbs before the second preseason game, you could have done it. And at least then he plays a couple preseason games with you. I mean, this is like complete subterfuge. Like, this is just. Let me yeah. let me ask you this. Uh, while we're talking about the, the Trey Lance, the Cardinals quarterback situation, guys, Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four. It's in the huddle. Make sure you subscribe, like us, tell your friends so you don't miss an episode. 49ers, John Lynch came out and said, we took a shot. This is talking about Trey Lance, and it didn't work. That's how he's describing what they did and taking him in the first round. And, hey, we're just moving on. We traded him, and, you know, we got a good team. No jobs are going to be on the line here, right? I mean, the 49ers are loaded. And then you trade this guy. All right, I, nobody's looking at John Lynch and going, all right, this was a monumental mistake because I expect them to be back in the playoffs, Jason. Um, I, I think they'll be back in the playoffs, but I don't know if they're playing in another championship game. I, you know, look, I also think their owner, Jed York, um, you know, since he's hired these guys, the fans have gotten off his back a little bit and he's messing around, right, with Leeds United. They bought a, a team and a soccer team in England. Um, unfortunately, they bought the one I support. Uh, so they can run that to the ground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and they've been a part of it for a while, and we're a part of us going from the premiership to the championship. But, but whatever, it's not about that. Um, so I think he likes having them around. I think they're useful to him, and he pays them a lot of money. I, I like just go go look at like imagine if they actually knew what they were doing in the first round. Like the, for the people who are anointing them or saying how great they are, go look at their first round picks, and then factor in the the future first round picks or now past first round picks that they gave up to make various moves, obviously most notably to go get this kid, you know, who'd, who'd played whatever, you know, however many games Trey Lance played, I don't even remember in college, it wasn't a lot. Um, do it in a COVID year and all that. Like if they actually were any good at finding players in the first round, they, 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 you know, maybe they've hung another banner there. Um, I think what this really does is in a, a weird way, like put even more pressure on Brock Purdy. Like that, that, that other security net isn't there anymore. I mean, we, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but like, you know, they can anoint Sam Darnold all they want. Like I, I like your season comes down to Sam Darnold. You don't have a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I I'm just not buying that Kyle Shanahan's got so much pixie dust that now he's sprinkling it on Sam Darnold. Like, it didn't work on Trey Lance. Like it, it hasn't worked on a lot of guys. Like it didn't work on C.J. Right. Beathard. Like, right. we could go back through the history with, with, you know, it worked for a second with Brian Hoyer, and then it didn't. Like, this guy just, like, just lost, like he just lost his job in Carolina. You know what I mean? Like, that happened, like, not that long ago. 
if, if that's what you're going to, and that's who you want to re-anoint, the same way this time of year, you were anointing Trey Lance. You were anointing him last year, and you gave him away 11 months, 12 months later. I, I think, you know, Brock Purdy's got to know that this whole season now sort of rides or dies with me. And I, I maybe that brings out the best in him, but if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm a little – I'm a little concerned about that, you know, after that small sample size that there's now no, there's no net. There's no, there's no net. Like there's no, Hey, he needs a couple of weeks off. You know what I mean? To recalibrate or we're going to, we're going to, we're going to deload him a little bit here to work on him in practice. And in the meantime, you know what I mean? We've got this other kid. We just took third overall two years ago. Who's a, who's if nothing else, an athletic dervish. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We're we're going we're going to a journeyman. Like and and if you're still giving Kyle Shanahan the benefit of the doubt on every quarterback he touches, I, I would just say, what are you basing this? Like what what are you basing that on? It's been Matt Ryan's MVP season was a while back. Oh um yeah. And I think and I think again, part of the reason that they don't have as much depth as you would expect is because of these moves they've made. And because they've had to replace multiple first-round picks. And this situation with Bosa, like, we're really late in the game now. And he and his brother get hurt a lot. And, like, they could resolve it next week. I can't fathom he's playing in that game. Like, I can't imagine he's on the plane to Pittsburgh. Like, and if he is... So it's a soft tissue injury waiting to happen, you know. I, I so is he on um, a commissioner's exempt list for one week, two weeks, three weeks? Because that's going to be his training camp, you know. And and I, I I think they're look they're a good team, and the NFC sucks. But are they that much better than Seattle? I don't. And I know we're going to do our division picks here in a minute. Like I, I don't think they are. And if they play two or three games without him and they lose a couple of them, I don't know that they're good enough to offset that. You know what I mean? And and win the division. And if they don't win the division, you, you've got who's a you got now you got essentially a rookie quarterback, right? Right. Going through it for the first time because he got hurt in the playoffs. Like, like okay. And going on the road. All right. I, I don't I think that's going to be a difficult path for them to get, you know, to what for them is the promised land, which is their, their, their Super Bowl or bust. So I don't think, you know, to your point, Carl, that it's, it's going to necessarily mean that, you know, Jed York decides to blow it up if they go out in the first round as a wild card or something like that. Um, but I think there's real questions to be asked about like how legit this thing is. And like how built for the long term it is, you know. And is this Trent Williams' last ride? I mean, they're they're long in the tooth in some key spots as well. So, sure. You know, is Christian McCaffrey going to stay healthy two years in a row? Healthy, yeah. Right. When's the last time he had back to back years without some sort of significant injury? Like, is that going to happen? Because if that now, because you take him away, right? And now that's that's part of that's a big part of Purdy's security now. You go from him to just another really good Shanahan system back, but not a guy who could run for 1,200 and catch for 1,200. 
Average. Average offense. McCaffrey completely changed that offense last year. They went from, you know, high teens in the 20s in some categories to top 10 in almost every category once McCaffrey got there over those last 10 games. So there's no doubt, Jason. Let's give our division predictions as we look ahead to the season. Guys, we're counting down. You guys know this. Thursday, September 7th. That is the first night, uh, Chiefs-Lions, and then we've got a full slate of games on Sunday the 10th. Cannot wait as we count down to the start of the NFL. Let's start in the AFC in the East. Obviously, everybody's talking about the Jets. Who do you like in the AFC East? I like the Bills, and I I, I like the Bills by a couple of games. I, I don't think this is something that's sweated out. I, I don't think the demise of the Bills is, is, is by any means imminent. Um, I think the Dolphins will be the team that does push them. Um, and I think the Dolphins, as long as Tua Tungavaloa is under center, are a viable playoff team um, who could get hot and make a nice postseason run. Without him, I think they're a completely different entity. But I think Buffalo's going to have a real chip on their shoulder. And I, I think the Buffalo Bills win that division fairly comfortably. I agree. Uh, and to be the man, you got to beat the man. I know all the hype is around the Jets. Listen, it's still the Bills Bills division until somebody beats them. And, you know, the thing that's really interesting to me, it's been quiet, man. Josh Allen, it's been quiet. And it's good, but all the hype and all the discussion is about the Jets. Nobody's talking about the Bills right now. And that may be a good thing for them yep. because it's been nope. different in the last few years. So I like that aspect, Jason. Last year it was Josh Allen is past Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen is the Vegas favorite to win MVP, right? It was all about Josh Allen, best best player on the planet. You're absolutely right. It's this little bit of this dig stuff, but I think that's mostly noise. Like, I'm with you. Let's talk about the South. AFC South, I know you uh, have seen the Ravens up close and personal, and you're watching the new coordinator. Obviously, I don't want to discount, you know, Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals, but we haven't seen Joe. I don't know, you know, if that matters. Uh, but we got. I have to wait to see what what Joe's doing as far as his mobility once the season comes around. Who do you like? You know, I I would not have said this at the start of camp. Um, I I would have said the the Bengals, and I wouldn't have put a whole lot of thought into it. But I I think um, I'm gonna take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North. Uh, I I think people are are not really paying attention to how much this roster has improved the last couple of off seasons. I think they've rebuilt themselves in the trenches, um, and I I think they they're equipped offensively to um, be a shapeshifter to to be able to use different personnel groupings and different modes of attack to win football games offensively and, and the defense will carry the defense is legit. Um, and it's going to keep them in games, even in weeks where the offense might, might not be fully ready for prime time. Uh, I, I think three teams from this division probably go to the playoffs. And the one I'm the least bullish on is the Browns, but I'm not a cookie cutter guy. I don't like to be too, too chalky <clears throat> and just watching this summer. And again, I, you try not to put too much stock in the preseason. And it's not even the box scores. It's just more how healthy they are, the progression of some of their young players, the way they finished last year. Um, I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to surprise some people. Kenny Pickett to George Pickens is going to be a problem for a lot of people. 
Pickens is turning into, I think, and will be here in the next couple of years, one of, if not the premier receivers in the league. Uh, I'm going to ride with you on this. Uh, And the reason is simple. Mike Tomlin came to town last week, final preseason game. I'm in Atlanta, guys. And Mike Tomlin said, I don't think you can box if you don't spar. And he played his starters in preseason game number three because he thought it was important. I think the Steelers are going to take the next step. And I think that it may be a surprise. And Bengal fans, I know they're like, you guys are crazy. I'm rolling with the Steelers because it's hard to come back and win the division again and again. And we know how difficult that is. I'm not saying the Bengals won't be a playoff team or even the Ravens, but I like the Steelers to win the North. What about the South? It's the Jags, right? It's got to be the Jags. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a whole lot to belabor here. Uh, and I think the way their schedule sets up, if they do have that sort of determination, if they do see themselves um, as a team that could be the number one seed, I don't. I do not think it's out of the realm of possibility. You look at the gauntlet the Chiefs have to run. You look at the way some things set up for the Jags. And we just talked about two 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 starting quarterbacks in their division, who one of whom barely played any college football at all, right? And both are raw rookies with first time head coaches. And then you know the team that on paper could push them Tennessee. They seem to be starting to transition to a little different thing last year. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's Jacksonville. Yeah, quarterback by, Trevor Lawrence three games. Yes, he's the best quarterback, and I think they got the best coach in that division. In that division, and Doug Peterson. So, all right, in the West, guys, it's the Chiefs. Come on, right? Nobody's beating yep. the Chiefs in the West as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. I just you got to continue to pick them. It's like Tom Brady with New England. I'm going in the West with the Chiefs. NFC East. Do you like the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Giants? I like the Eagles, um, and I don't think this is going to be particularly close. And and I'm the team I'm most intrigued by is the Commanders. I, I think that's a team that Vegas still had with a six-and-a-half win total. I mean, they won eight last year. I'm not a big Ron Rivera guy, but they you know they won eight despite him last year. Uh, I, I think that's a, I, I think Washington's a very viable wildcard team. And personally, I wouldn't be shocked if they finished second in this division. But I think the Eagles um, – I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think the Eagles will have the one seed in the NFC, and then it gets real murky after that. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's hard, by the way, to win back-to-back. I don't think anybody in that division has won back-to-back since, like, 04. Yeah, it's been a long the, time. When, yeah, when the Eagles did it. So can the Cowboys do it? Yeah, of course they can. they got to put it together. Um, but I'm with you on, on the Commanders. They may surprise a few people. And then Brian Dable. Listen, they got Saquon back. They got, you know, they signed their quarterback. Let's see what they do. I think they have a better receiving core, so their passing game should yeah. be better. But Waller. that's going to be an interesting division. Uh, they could still have two or three teams in the playoffs. All right, NFC North. You buying the Lions? You know what? I'm going to go Vikings here. I, I think the Lions, um, it very well could be the Lions. And look, Green Bay, Jordan Love, he, he might be a thing. Um, I just have a feeling that this last year of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota thing, like he has a way of like when you're finally ready to write him off, you know what I mean? He, he has a way of rising above. So like maybe he gets another, you know, fully guaranteed contract on Minnesota, or maybe he leaves. And I have real questions about, about them defensively. And if they were in the AFC, I wouldn't even really be talking about them. Um, and I know a lot of things fell their way last year. 
but I, I still think it's it, it could be a really potent, interesting offense in the second year with O'Connell. Um, and I, I think, you know, it could be 10 wins might get it done in that division and with the right tiebreakers. So I'm just going to play a hunch here in a lark and say it's Minnesota. I don't think anybody in this division is a Super Bowl contender, but I, I'll, I'll say Minnesota wins it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll roll with the Lions hype. I got to see Dan Campbell now live up to it. It's one thing when there's no expectation. Now there's some expectation. Um, again, remember, they drafted a running back in the first round, which a lot of people said, what are they doing? And Jameer yeah. Gibbs. I want to see how this all plays out um, with the Lions. I'll say this. Kirk Cousins, guys, threw for 4,500 yards last year. And people don't even realize it. Like, he had a great year last year. And to your point, he could easily come back and put up big, big numbers this year. All right, NFC South, wide open. Saints, Falcons, Carolina, who you like? I'm going to just – I'm going to say Carolina. I'm throwing a dart. Um, but I, I, I like how close they were a year ago. I'm not sure anybody is that much better. Like, I'm not a Derek Carr guy. I'm, I'm just not – you know, I'm not a Dennis Allen – as. Dennis Allen, as a head coach, has lost a hell of a lot of football games in this league. Um, I'm not sold on Atlanta's quarterback. You know, if Atlanta upgraded there, I would certainly lean pretty heavily into them, but they didn't. And so, yeah, and if especially if you're looking at this from a gambling point of view and you're looking at where the value is and where the most potential free money is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think the Falcons will have the most electric player in the league and B. John Robinson, and I think he gets the ball a lot. That means there's not as much pressure on Desmond Ritter. I'm with you on the proven thing and what he's going to be. Jason, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, we're, two, we're, we're, what, 10 days away from the start of the NFL season. I still cannot tell you what I truly think about what I've seen with him. Yeah. There's been hesitation to throw the football where it needs to go. We only saw him for limited series in the preseason, and he didn't throw a touchdown in the preseason, if that matters to you. So I don't know, really, and, and that's coming off of four games at the end of last season. So I'm with you on that. But I do think Bijan Robinson, Bijan, as his mom says, is going to be the most exciting player um, when you talk about guys that just you want to see in wow moments. So from that standpoint, the Falcons have updated their defense. I'm going to be a homer here and say that they win this division. They won seven games with a terrible roster last year, and that's been updated. So I'm with you, though. Carolina's front seven is a monster, man. But I'm concerned about their own line. And if Bryce mm -hmm. is running for his life, that's the thing. All right, last but not least, NFC West, we just talked a lot about the 49ers. Does Seattle have enough to supplant the 49ers? Because I don't believe the Rams are going to do a damn thing this year. No. No, it's a two-team division. And you know what? I, I'm going to go Seattle Seahawks. Uh I think they've started to restore a little bit of a home field advantage. Uh, yep. I, I think they they have an identity. I think they've had two of their best drafts um, in a long time. And I think they've found stability and leadership in, in Geno. It's not sexy. They don't really want it to be that sexy. They've got a potent group of pass catchers, and we know Pete Carroll's going to ground, uh, pound the rock. And I think they have improved significantly – um, in the trenches from where they were two years ago, where it was abject failure. Um, I still have some questions about the defense, but again, in the NFC, there's going to be a lot of really flawed teams that win a fair number of games. 
And I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna lean the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle in the NFC West. Yeah, they're only two teams, guys. It's either 49ers or Seahawks. Arizona's terrible. Uh Rams are terrible. They're rebuilding. It's gonna be either one of those teams, and it would not surprise me if the Seahawks do it as well. Jason, as always, man, great stuff. Guys, come back Thursday. Baldy will be with us. We do it every Tuesday and Thursday leading into the start of the season. We're super excited to have you guys. Make sure you're following the podcast and check us out at In the Huddle Pod on YouTube. Follow Jason, follow me, follow Baldy. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 